133. Breaking. Rain stumbled, then fell, crashing to the ground. He lost his grip on his hammer, hearing it clatter across the stones as he tumbled like a log. When he came to a stop, he found himself sprawled on his back, staring up at the storm clouds above. He tried to sit up and failed. Something is wrong. The rushing of blood in his ears was loud, but not loud enough to drown out the roar of the fire eater. The monster was almost upon them. There was no way that the others would be able to survive without his help. Not against something like that. Not against a dragon. I need to get up. I need to... Rain froze, and the clouds above him vanished, fading to black. It's a nightmare. I'm asleep. With that realization, his eyelids flickered, then shot open. Any relief he might have felt was instantly replaced with panic once more, as he found himself still unable to sit up. It took another 15 seconds for his frozen body to begin to respond. He flopped like a fish tangled in a net, struggling against the meager resistance of the blanket. In his flailing, his fingers brushed against something warm and smooth. Amelia snorted, rolling away from the contact. She pulled the blanket with her, exposing Rain's right side to the frigid night air. After a moment, she breathed out slowly, then back in. She was still sound asleep. Rain felt tension drain out of him, though his heart was still beating like a drum. He raised his now free arm to his brow, finding it drenched in sweat, then sighed. Everything is fine. Lin's team made it back safely long before nightfall. They didn't even see the fire eater down there, and I certainly wasn't with them. He took another deep breath, then let his hand fall to his side. Why wasn't I using my auras? Wait, the hammer. Was I supposed to be Thor? He sat up slowly, untangling himself from what little blanket Amelia had left him, while being careful not to disturb her. Once he was free, he sat cross-legged and buried his face in his hands. Lingering adrenaline was making him shaky, or perhaps that was just more evidence of the damage to his soul. Closing his eyes and focusing on his breathing, he faded winter down to zero, then ran some scans with detection. Nothing was out of place. Satisfied, he brought up Purify to 1%, then left it there. The linen shirt and pants that he'd been using as pyjamas were positively soaked. Rain sighed wearily. I guess I can add sleep paralysis to my list of symptoms. Wonderful. Just wonderful. Ranking? The thought was fuzzy, the slime not fully awake. It's okay, dozer, Rain sent back. Less in words and more as a feeling of peace. The slime's presence in his mind receded slowly. Then the link went quiet once more. Rain opened his HUD to check the time. It was just before 3am. Blinking away his fatigue, he lifted his head from his hands and looked up. The sky was dark, without so much as a star peeking through the clouds. By the light of the light bulb socketed in the wall, he could see a dusting of snow adorning the glass pane that Amelia had propped over their sleeping area. The stone floor outside of this meagre shelter was coated as well, though the snow seemed to have stopped. Opening his full interface, Rain verified that everything was as it should be. It was. 
His focus tolerance had ticked up twice between when he'd gone to bed and now. And his macro was still working. It had automatically transferred points from vigor to compensate, just as he'd configured it to do. He dismissed the menu with a shake of his head, then gently lowered himself back down beside Amelia. Ever so carefully, he slid back under the blanket, reclaiming as much of it as he dared. Her soft breathing beside him was calming, and his heart rate had finally slowed to something approaching normal. Now clean of sweat, though still feeling a bit damp, he switched back to winter, fading it up slowly. He didn't want to disturb Amelia or any of the other sleepers in the adjacent rooms. Go back to sleep, Amelia said, her voice muffled by her pillow. Rain twitched in surprise as she rolled onto her back, her hand finding his beneath the blanket. She threaded her fingers through his own, squeezing gently. Rain squeezed back. Sorry, I didn't mean to wake you. I had a bad dream. Amelia mumbled a reply, sounding even less awake than Dozer had been. She let her hand fall to the side, her cheek coming to rest on his shoulder. Rain smiled, giving up his efforts to straighten the blanket. This is good enough. He was still holding her hand when he fell asleep once more. Tony stopped outside the curtain leading to Rain and Amelia's room, listening carefully, for he was afraid of what he might hear. Finding only silence, he relaxed, then loudly cleared his throat. There was no response, so he did it again, even louder this time. Who's there? Amelia asked from within. Tarney, my lady, he replied. Is Rain there? He is, Amelia replied. Come in. Pushing aside the curtain, Tarney looked around the small room. Seeing both Amelia and Rain seated cross-legged on the ground, Rain was wearing his full armour, including the helmet and cloak. He'd clearly been there a while, as there was a quarter finger of snow blanketing him. Amelia, on the other hand, was snow-free, seated beneath a pane of glass propped up by columns of stone. They were meditating, I see. Why does Rain always wear his armour for that? He shook his head. Rain, it's almost time for the vote. Rain didn't respond. Amelia chuckled, then got to her feet and stretched. She walked over to him, then shook him gently by the shoulder, sending fluffy snow swirling to the ground. Hey! Rain jerked, then his head pivoted to look at her. Huh? It's almost time for the vote, Captain, Tawny said. Rain's head swung to face him, and he reached up and removed his helmet. Already? There was a wave of heat, and the snow coating him melted along with that on the floor. Steam began to rise as he held the spell steady. It's 9.24, Amelia said, helping Rain to his feet. I guess we both lost track of time. Did you? Rain began, but Amelia shook her head. No, it was relaxing, but no more than that. And a bit boring, if I'm being honest. Oh, Rain said, sighing. The heat vanished and the chill of winter returned. He bent, retrieving his belt and the various pouches hanging from it, as well as his sword. Amelia smiled. I'll try again tomorrow. I don't give up that easily. Tani raised an eyebrow. What are you trying to do? Soul stuff, Amelia said with a shrug. 
I'm trying to do what Rain's been doing. Get a look at my soul. He wants to know what a healthy one looks like. Not that I think mine is particularly healthy. Compared to mine, every soul is healthy, Rain said despondently. He released his helmet, having tied it to his belt. The metal rang briefly as it came into contact with his armoured leg. Tarny grimaced, sharing a look with Amelia. I should ask if he'll teach me as well, he shook his head. This isn't the time. Do you want me to tell Vanna to continue without you? Rain shook his head. No, I need to be there for this. You'd better hurry then, Amelia said. Tawny nodded and Rain and Amelia followed him out of the room. What the hell happened in here? Rain asked. Amelia laughed. Tollhart happened. He wasn't happy with the workshop, apparently. He gestured to the fallen wall. After breakfast, he decided to do something about it. He wouldn't let me fix it until he gets back from the city. He said he'd need some things before he knows how he wants the room. Rain snorted. I guess we're holding a vote in the tavern then. Why didn't he just ask Lem to get whatever it was? Amelia shrugged. Maybe whatever he needs is too big? I guess we'll find out later, Rain said, gesturing to Tawny. Let's go. Tawny nodded picking a path through the rubble to add the sound of voices. When they passed through the archway, a hush swept over the room as everyone turned in their direction. Some of those nearest them shied back, looks of unease on their faces. Not everyone here was a member of Ascension. There were perhaps thirty visitors from Vestval, and the room was packed well past its capacity. That was fine, as today's vote wasn't a private matter. It concerned them all. Wow, Rain said, blinking. Amelia raised her hand slowly. Relax, everyone. You'll get used to it. She stepped closer to Rain, wrapping her arm through his. You are right. There are even more of them today. Tani smiled. The captain is always right. Vanna, who'd been standing atop one of the tables, jumped down and threaded her way over to them the crowd parting before her with some difficulty. Are you sure you want to do this, Rain? She whispered upon reaching them. She looked around at the watching faces. You could just strike it down. I'm sure everyone will go along if you really think. Rain shook his head, holding up a hand to stop her and replying in a low voice. That's not how I want it to work, and you know it. I've said my piece. The company will decide. Tawny frowned, quickly hiding the expression as Rain turned to survey the crowd. Tawny, is everyone here? Other than Tallheart, he replied quickly. His vote is in the box. Rain nodded, then turned to Vanna. Go ahead. Vanna inclined her head, then returned to her table. She climbed back atop it and raised her hands for quiet. Though the room was essentially silent already. Everyone? It's time to vote on what we talked about last night. I'll go through it briefly one last time. She extended her left hand palm up. A vote no means no change. Anyone who wants to join has to pass the combat test and the interview. After that, they become a full member. Awakened only have to pass the interview. Lowering her hand, she lifted her right in its place. A yes vote means that the codes will be modified to create a two-tiered system of membership. 
After passing the same tests as before, recruits will be admitted as provisional members. You should all know the details after last night's discussion, so I'm not going to repeat myself. She cleared her throat, glancing at Rain, who was frowning slightly. I urge you to vote for the new rules, she continued. I truly believe that we need to do this and that the old system won't work as ascension grows. Tawny clenched his fists, stepping closer to Rain. You're really not going to say something, Captain? Rain glanced at him, then shook his head slightly. His face turned neutral once more. No, he said softly. People know where I stand. What if you lose? Amelia asked, speaking so softly that Tani barely caught her words. Rain shrugged, though his frown had returned. Then I lose. Vote by placing your slip in the box, Vanna continued. She pointed to the wooden enclosure sitting on the next table over. If for any reason it was unclear, only Ascension members have a say in this. My brother and I will be guarding the box to ensure that there is no interference. Everyone, you have 15 minutes to discuss and cast your votes. She jumped down from the table and the hush broke. The mutter of quiet conversation rising across the room. Amelia jostled Rain's shoulder, speaking in a more normal voice. You know, I don't really understand you sometimes. What? Rain asked, looking at her. She gestured. This company was your idea. I'm surprised you'd let it just... Get away from you like this. What if you're right, and this turns into, um, what was the term you used? Debt slavery? Rain snorted. I might have gotten a bit carried away last night. He rubbed at the bridge of his nose, a clear sign that he was getting one of his headaches. It will never get that far, he said, dropping his hand. I have my problems with the new system, but it isn't like we can't fix it later. You can still stop it, Amelia said. I know you don't want to be a dictator, Rain, but it's okay to use your veto. Tawny nodded. I agree. You should use it. That's what we added it for. Rain smiled, then shook his head. Not for this. Come on, it's democracy time. The snow had begun again by the time the vote was over. It was falling in small flurries, whipped by the wind, and the day was shaping up to be bitterly cold. Despite the temperature, Rain didn't have immolate running as he exited the camp. A few points of cold resistance were more than sufficient to pull the teeth from the harshest winter. He still felt the chill, of course, which was the point in leaving the aura inactive. It was refreshing. Amelia walked beside him in the snow looking like she wanted to say something, but wasn't sure how to begin. Rain decided to give her time rather than ask. He stepped off the trodden path that led to the city, heading for the medium-sized boulder that looked like it might be a good place to sit. He and Amelia had dealt with the remnants of the night's defense first thing this morning. The ground was uneven beneath the snow, frozen with gouges and impressions of monstrous feet. In contrast, the dirt floor within the camp had been packed down to the point that it felt almost like stone. It wasn't worth Amelia's manner to do the same out here, given that there were so many other things for her to use it on. The walls, for example. 
In addition to repairing the damage from Tallheart's impromptu remodelling session, she'd needed to expand them now. With the issue of recruiting resolved, Vanner planned to start processing applicants this afternoon. Rain, are you okay? Amelia asked, pulling him out of his contemplation. He turned to look at her, then nodded. I'm fine. How can you be fine? It wasn't even close. Rain smiled as he sat on the snow-dusted boulder. Sure, I'm sad about how the vote turned out, but there's something else that's making me happy enough to offset it. And what is that? Amelia asked, kneeling to touch the side of the stone. Rain smiled, feeling the rock shift beneath him, becoming more chair-like. You. The boulder froze in its metamorphosis as Amelia looked up to stare at him, her cheeks flushing slightly. Rain couldn't contain himself, bursting into laughter. Abruptly, the top of the boulder pitched diagonally, dumping him onto the ground. He kept laughing as Amelia sat, taking his place and reforming the stone beneath her. He sat up, then dusted himself free of snow. Sorry, it was just the perfect setup. That was too cheesy to resist. He smiled. I meant it, though. You do make me happy. Amelia snorted. You make me happy, too. You're also annoying. Rain chuckled, leaning against the rock from his position on the ground. I'm not upset about losing the vote, because it means people are willing to stand up to me. And that's good? Rain snorted. Of course it's good. I barely know what I'm doing, Amelia. I want people to challenge me. They should, he smiled. I've only been here for like three months. It seems like a lifetime, but there's just so much I don't know. I've been trying to model the company after examples from my own world, but I'm realizing that people aren't... ready? He shook his head. No, that sounds condescending. Um, I get it, Amelia said, resting her hand on his shoulder. Would you go back, if you could? Rain shook his head vehemently. No way. What if I came with you? Rain smiled. Now that would be something. Just the look on your face when you saw a city? He chuckled, then shook his head. Maybe just a visit. I don't think magic would work there. And without it, I'm nothing. No, you're not, Amelia said. Don't say things like that. Rain began to reply, but the words froze on his tongue. His automated detection macro had gotten a hit on the threat list, which included monsters, people he didn't know, and a few people that he did. Quickly, he ran through the identification sequence. Human? Human that I know. The Crimson Swords? Balls. Rain stood up, looking in the direction of the signal. Amelia? Hagar and his friends are coming. Shit, she said, standing as well. She looked back at the camp, then at him. Do you want to meet them here? Rain nodded, lowering his voice to a whisper. Can you message Vanna, please? I want her to get Lana out of sight first. Then, get the camp ready for scenario two. Everyone is to stay back for now. Amelia didn't reply immediately, staring in toward the walls. A few seconds later, she looked back at him, then began signing in hand code. Done. I'll warn Tolhart too, and ask him to hurry back. I'm sure I can handle them, but I'd still feel better with him here. Good. Rain signed back with one hand, fumbling with his helmet with the other. 
he managed to get it undone from his belt, then slipped it on. This accomplished, he concentrated, not on the system's interface, but on the layer he'd been steadily constructing on top of it. Macro set, combat default, 5. Default combat posture. Stat boost available, 193 of 173. Base state, strength 40 out of 40. Endurance 20 out of 20. Clarity, remainder, 133 of 167. Winter, active. Mana manipulation, inactive. Precepts. Offensive aura safety is disabled. Detection macro, active. Combat HUD activated. Skill cards activated. Focus boost. Auto trigger. Focus scaling aura, use. Focus is prioritized up to tolerance plus 20. Points are taken first from clarity, then evenly from strength and endurance. Provided that health and stamina will not be impacted. Strength boost. Keyword trigger, strength. Strength is prioritized up to tolerance. Points are taken from clarity only. Defensive boost. Trigger word, defense. Endurance is prioritized up to tolerance plus 20. Points are taken from clarity only. Health. 1,549 out of 2,000. Armor. 13,338 of 13,338. Saturation. 0 out of 13,202. Stamina. 347 of 600. Mana. 8,092 out of 8,092. He glanced briefly at the reminder window that described the macro set, then brushed it aside, leaving just his HUD. He signed to Amelia again, urgently. Heal me for 500, please. Wordlessly, Amelia grabbed his hand and health rushed into him, bringing him up to the maximum. Thanks, Rain signaled, adjusting his cloak to conceal his sword and using Essence Well to repay her the mana she'd spent and then some. A window appeared, but he didn't even look at it. Amelia indicated that she was full and he stopped. Essence Well's card disappearing automatically as Winter returned. Theoretically, Rain could have asked her to fill his stamina as well, but that was a transfer, not a conversion. He had no way to help her replace it, and if things went to shit, she'd need stamina more than he would. Besides, there was no more time. Hagar rounded the hill that had been blocking him from sight. Fleming Gah! he shouted, drawing his rapier in a blur. Reflexively, Rain activated Force Ward. Force Ward. 10 out of 10. Channel 100%. Compression 13 meters. Increase physical resistance by 68.04% for all entities. Range 5 meters. Cost 1 MP per damage mitigated. You were right, Gar, Anton said, following Hagar into view. They knew we were coming. Hello. Brovo said mildly, nodding to them. How did you detect us? Was it scrying pool? Piercing gaze? Danger sense? Rain glanced at Amelia out of the corner of his visor, but her face was a mask. He looked back at Hagar and frowned, ignoring Brovos entirely. Hagar was the one pointing a weapon at them. Why are you here? I'm here for what's mine, Hagar said, not lowering his sword. Rain sensed Amelia shift beside him. He adjusted Forcewood up by another 10%, then shook his head. She doesn't belong to you. She doesn't belong to anyone. I... 
Hagar began, then paused. What? Oh, Lana. Her too, obviously. I meant the crack. He swished his sword, gesturing toward it. It's ours. No, it isn't, Amelia said, her voice like ice. Leave. Rain winced. Don't escalate. You dare? Hagar gasped, lowering his arm. Anton was grinning like a shark, twirling an arrow between his fingers. Provost merely yawned. Hagar snapped his sword back up, pointing at Rain faster than he could react. I challenge you to a duel. Winner gets the crack and the girl. Loser leaves Westval for good. Don't do anything, Amelia said, using message to send the silent words straight into Rain's mind. Let me handle this. She stepped forward and Hagar grinned, shifting his sword to point at her. So, you accept? Amelia shook her head. No, there will be no duel. Leave. No duel? Hagar asked, twirling his rapier in an elaborate flourish, before spreading his arms in a mocking gesture. Are you afraid? No, Amelia said coldly. I told you this was the wrong way to handle things, Hagar, Burro said mildly, though I don't know why I bothered. Hagar whirled on him. Shut up! I'm the one who talks. Let's deal then, Anton said, ignoring Hagar's spluttering. We can both get what we want. We'll delve together. You get the blues, and we get the rest. All of it. Anything of value. Amelia glanced at Rain. I don't trust them, and I wouldn't want to work with them even if I did. What do you think? Rain shook his head, addressing Anton. No, that won't work for us. Why not? Brovos asked, sounding curious. Rain frowned, but didn't reply. One, Amelia doesn't trust you. Two, I don't trust you either. Three, you're assholes. Four, we don't need you. Five, blues are rare and there's no guarantee we'll even find one. Six, I don't need a six. You don't need to do the math to know it's a shit deal. Leave, Amelia said. Final warning. Rain looked at her uneasily. I know she told me to let her handle this, but... This is a violation of guild law, Hagar snarled. You have no right. It isn't a violation, and even if it were... The guild has nothing to do with this, Amelia said icily. This is about what you did to Lana, as well as Stint and the people of Vestval. What the hells are you talking about, woman? Hagar demanded. We haven't done anything. Five, Amelia said. Rain shifted closer to her uneasily. I hope you know what you're doing. Anton tilted his head. Five what? Four, Amelia said. A tremor ran through the ground. She'd used stone set, transforming the earth beneath her feet temporarily. If they strike first, don't hold back. They won't. And to be clear, I'm not bluffing. Ah, I get it. So you'll duel after all, Hagar said, taking a stance. He gestured at the circle of stone, barely visible beneath the snow. So nice of you to make us an arena. Amelia shook her head. No, not a duel. Three, 
they'll expect us to attack on one, not zero. I'm going to need your help. I'm not sure I can hold them off until Tolhart gets here. Hagar had replied while Amelia had been speaking, but Rain had been too focused on her words to hear a thing he'd said. It was all he could do to keep the panic he was feeling from showing on his face. Do. Amelia's voice had become strained. Not from exertion, Rain realized, but from anger. Rain, I know you won't think it is necessary, but I'm telling you it is. If we can't intimidate them, we'll have to fight, and fight for real. Even if they leave, they'll probably come back when we're not expecting them, or when we're not here to protect the others. The rock that he'd been using as a chair tore itself free from the newly hardened ground, sending gravel skittering across the snow. It was larger than he'd thought, about the size of a refrigerator, with more than half of it having been hidden below the surface. Everyone calm down, Brovo said urgently, cutting off Hagar in the midst of his angry ranting. The red-haired mage had taken a step back and was pointing at the hovering boulder. That stone balance, it's tier two but boosted somehow. The amount of power she's showing is dangerous, Gar. She's serious about this. Good, Hagar said, grinning and taking a duelist's stance. I'm serious too. One. Amelia, no, Rain shouted, whipping his head around to stare at Amelia. He threw out his arm intent on placing a hand between her and Hagar. He was nowhere near fast enough, only beginning the motion as three things happened all at once, accompanied by a rumbling of shifting earth. First, Amelia jumped. She flew toward the hovering stone, and it began moving ever so slightly to meet her. Rock pull drawing them closer proportional to their masses. Second, Anton's arrow hammered into the side of Rain's head. His manner dropped, and the force of the impact sent him spinning to the ground. He hit the stone surface hard. His head rebounded, though the force weave padding absorbed the worst of the blow. His new position allowed him to see the third thing that had happened, also the source of the rumbling sound. Between him and the crimson swords, there was a wall of mud taller than a house, Amelia must have summoned it at the same time she'd pulled herself away. There was a hole in the wall like an exit wound, where Anton's arrow had blasted straight through it. Ah! Amelia shouted, soaring over the boulder. She slingshotted around it like a comet, dive-bombing the sun, tracing a hand along its surface. A trail of orange light followed her fingers, and Rain's eyes widened, shaking him out of his daze. Rock bomb. Amelia's feet hit the ground before the boulder did, and she dropped straight into a wide squat. She punched out with both hands, and the enormous stone blasted forward, heading straight for where Hagar and the others had been standing. There was a thud of impact as it smashed its way through the wall of mud, but no explosion. Rock Bomb took a few seconds to activate fully, and it hadn't been nearly that long. Rain cursed, scrambling back from the expected detonation, but it didn't come. There was a flash of blue light from the other side of the wall, then a brighter flash of orange, but no sound. What? As Rain got back to his feet, Amelia leapt through the hole in the wall, corkscrewing through the air. Rain reached out, perhaps to try to stop her, he wasn't sure, but she was already through. He didn't have time to consider whether he should follow, as a flicker of motion had brought his gaze to the top of the wall. Hagar was standing there, 
pointing his rapier at him in challenge. Draw your sword, sword mage, Hagar shouted. Another hole exploded in the wall, and a second arrow hit Rain in the face, not even a centimetre below the eyeslit of his helmet. His head snapped back, and he fell, four sword consuming a few hundred more points of mana. With the hardness rune active, his armour could withstand up to 804 physical damage without being harmed. The aura had taken up the slack, the system apparently having decided that his armour's integrity was more important than his mana reserves. Damn it, Skinner! Hagar shouted over his shoulder as Rain pushed himself into a sitting position. I want to duel him one on ah! Hagar was blasted off the wall. Amelia had thrown a stone spear and it had drilled into his back, sending him flying before spinning away on a slightly different trajectory. Keep him busy, Amelia said. I've got the other two. Rain sat up, spotting one of Anton's arrows lying on the ground in front of him. The tip had been blunted by the impact with his helmet. He raised a hand to his faceplate in stunned horror. If that had been a centimeter higher. Damn it, Hagar said, dusting himself off. He stretched, rubbing at his back before turning to look at Rain. Hey, what's wrong with you? Don't tell me Skinner actually got you with that cheap shot. Come on, on your feet and draw. Rain forced himself to look away from the arrow. Force Ward would have stopped it. It would have just cost more mana. Fuck, if not for that mud wall. He shook his head, getting to his feet. Focus on the problem in front of you. Worry about how you almost died again later. There we go, Hagar purred roughly, falling into a dueling stance. Come at me. Rain raised a finger, signaling him to wait. The earth shook and there was grinding of stone on stone from beyond the wall. But he forced himself to ignore it. Amelia will be fine. She's silver. They're not. He cleared his throat. Rule set? She told me to keep him busy, so I'll keep him busy. Hagar laughed, swishing his blade. How traditional. Let's see. You've got the ring, so... Ozarian? Rain tilted his head as if considering, waiting for as long as he dared. Ozarian rules, he finally said, speaking slowly. That would mean one-on-one, to incapacitation, surrender or ring out. To be clear, that means non-lethal, Hagar grinned. No, it doesn't. What would be the fun in that? A dead body is pretty damn incapacitated. Damn it. Does he even know the same rules as I do? I need more time. Rain clenched his teeth, then gestured. Zarian rules dictate an arena. Shall we use the stone circle? Hagar laughed. I already said that. You're stalling. Draw or die a coward. He spun his sword in elaborate double figure eight, then charged. Velocity Nova. Velocity, ten out of ten. Amplify, extend, focus, channel, 200%. Compression, 98 meters. 6,393.6% boost to speed for all entities. Range, 10 meters. Cost, 540 MP per second. When Rain's senses returned one second later, Hagar was picking himself up off the ground, spitting out a mouthful of gravel. The path of disturbed snow from his passage extended over the edge of the stone ring and into the dirt. Nice face slide, Rain said, making no move to draw his sword. 
Doing so would only encourage Hagar to attack. Velocity wouldn't work again, or at least he couldn't risk it. In his tests, he found that humans could be surprised by the spell, unlike monsters. They were typically either inherently resistant or not. Unfortunately, now that Hagar knew to expect the speed boost, his arcane resistance would negate the effect. Or worse, he'd find some way to use it to his advantage. Flaming horse shit, Hagar swore, stomping back into the ring. That doesn't fucking count. I wasn't ready. You're the one who proposes Zarian rules, Rain said, trying to project confidence. I have to keep him talking. There was a flash of red light from the other side of the wall and Amelia screamed. No! Rain yelled. He turned for the wall but stopped, his eyes flicking back to Hagar as they detected motion. The man was wearing a confident smirk, rapier raised in warning. Rain clenched his fists. Fuck stalling. Refrigerate. Refrigerate. Ten out of ten. Amplify extend. Channel. Two hundred percent. Compression. Thirty-one meters. Focus boost. 139 out of 119, 1,424.76 to 1,628.29 cold focus, damage per second to entities and environment, sufficient damage causes slow, range 5 meters, cost 900 MP per second. The shell of arctic magic around him was like an explosion, not of fire, but of ice. His armor shone with azure light, and frost-laden wind whipped his cloak about him as the air pressure plummeted. Rain had the spell at full power, using everything but aura focus. Anyone standing within five meters of him would be subjected to enough cold damage to kill a regular person seven times over every single second. The spell was active. At this level, and with the amount of cold mana in the winter air, the travel time of the magic was negligible. For the next eight seconds, Death Zone would live up to his name. He'd have to. And even then, it might not be enough. He'd done the math, and by his projections, it was plausible that Hagar's health was greater than 10,000. With a screech of freezing metal and breaking ice, Rain ripped his sword from the scabbard at his waist and charged through the fallen snow. Hagar had shielded his face from the magic, but lowered his arms moments later. He was smiling despite the frost covering his skin and the layer of ice that had frozen over his yellowed teeth. Well, all right then. Rain raised his sword, feeling the cold seeping into his bones. Six seconds left. First sparrow, darting past. There was a sharp metallic snap as Hagar's sword met Rain's, shattering Rain's blade in two. Hagar looked almost as surprised as Rain felt. What? He said dumbly. He stared at his rapier, still raised in a block. Rain gritted his teeth. Refrigerate isn't enough. He's got too much resistance. He swung his left fist in a wild haymaker, trusting that his armor would be more resilient than his sword had been. He didn't activate his strength boost. As it was his last attack, the strike was just a distraction. Micro set. Limit break. Rain felt his bone marrow begin to burn as his override pushed every single point he had into focus. Not 139, the maximum that he could use safely with his current tolerance not 193, the limit of what he could spend across all his stats, 287, the absolute limit, every last erg of power that the malleable ring could provide.
the numbers on the skill card, hanging in the air updated, reflecting the change. Refrigerate, 10 out of 10. Amplify, extend. Channel, 200%. Compression, 31 meters. Focus boost, 287 out of 119. 2,028.95 to 2,318.80 cold. Focus damage per second to entities and environment. Sufficient damage causes slow. Range, 5 meters. Cost, 900 MP per second. He could survive the boost temporarily, he knew. He'd done so once before by accident. He was less sure that he'd survive what he was planning to do next. Hagar sidestepped Rain's fist, his rapier bursting alive with a bloody light. The crimson blade found his shoulder, digging for a non-existent gap. The armor durability bar on his HUD went from full to about a third in an instant. 9,999 damage, the damage limit. Fortunately, the area wasn't ranked 10 or higher. Otherwise, Rain likely would have died then and there. The impact was still devastating. Crimson light spiderweb through his armor, and there was a screech of tortured metal. The force twisted his torso around, wrenching his back horribly and sending him spinning to the ground. Any pain he might have felt from this was nothing compared to the fire within his bones. He was grinding his teeth together so hard that it felt like they would break. If he couldn't overcome Hagar's resistance, he'd die, whether it was because his mana had run out or because Hagar hadn't waited that long to kill him. If that happened, Hagar would be left free to do whatever he wanted, including killing Amelia, and maybe everyone else in the company. Tallheart could probably stop him, but Tallheart was too late. He wasn't here. There was no one else. No more hesitation. Hesitation is death. Refrigerate Nova. Refrigerate 10 out of 10. Amplify, extend, focus. Channel 200%. Compression 90 meters. Focus boost 287 out of 119. 10,520.50 to 12,023.42 cold. Focus damage per second to entities and environment. Sufficient damage causes slow. Range 18 meters. Cost 2,700 MP per second.